Hello there, my name is Brendan Graham. You might know one of my songs called You Raise Me Up. I've just done a wonderful interview with Robert Miller on his podcasts, and it was one of the most interesting and enjoyable interviews I've ever done. So thank you, Robert, and everybody should have a listen. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed in your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 200 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Kathy Jordan, one of Ireland's great singers, songwriters, and multi-instrumentalists, and the lead vocalist since 1991 for Dervish, the traditional Irish band, which was the recipient of a BBC Lifetime Achievement Award. And as you know, what I like to do with all my musician guests in the middle is we do something I call a song fest. So we're going to play a handful of Kathy's best works, and you're going to hear a little bit of them. We're going to talk about them. You'll get the backstory, and nobody else does this on podcasts, I assure you. And also, you know that in every episode, I feature a song of mine underneath the introduction and at the end, and I always try to make the song relevant in some fashion to my guest. In this case, I've chosen the song No, No, No that I wrote for the album Trippin'. That's the one that went to number one on Billboard for my band. And it's sung by Ziara Washington. And the reason I chose this is because Kathy fronts an otherwise all-male band, and my female singer also fronts an otherwise all-male band. So I thought there was some synchronicity here. So Kathy Jordan, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Thank you so much, Robert. Nice to be here. Nice to finally be face-to-face, even in the virtual way. In the virtual way. Well, that's the way we do it these days, right? Yeah. So you were given such a great recommendation by Brendan Graham, who was just on the podcast and is a remarkable lyricist and songwriter. And we talked about all the great things that he's done. Tell me about your relationship and experience with Brendan. Well, it goes back uh, 25 or six years now, um, possibly a little more. He asked me to demo some some songs for him, and he was working on a book called The Whitest Flower, um, those best-selling books he wrote about the, the famine, I suppose, uh, to personify, you know, to bring the story to life through telling it through the eyes of, of a one of the victims of it, I suppose. But he had a a lot of songs associated with those books and he wanted them demoed. So I took to a studio and met Brendan and it started a a long and very important relationship for me. I would have been the first to demo songs of his like Orphan Girl and Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears and... Lots of other songs that um went on to become big hits uh, around the whole world and sell um huge amount of copies. 
so we've always been in touch. Um, I've always he he's he calls me a lot about demos um here and there. But then one day we decided I've done so many demos for him, wouldn't it be an idea to put them all together in album form? Um and rather than me demo on them and they go out to uh, be sung by other people, you know, that I'd release my own versions of them. So that's exactly what happened. Um, it started pre-pandemic and it's not exactly out yet, but we're very meticulous about it. And um, it started with a, a huge volume of Brendan's songs and got whittled down to the amount that would fit on an album. So myself and Myself and Fergal Murray, the wonderful piano player from from County Derry, um, recorded those songs and is due for release in January. Terrific. I have to ask, did you demo You Raise Me Up? I didn't. I didn't. But you missed I, the big one, huh? I missed the big one. I, I suppose he, he, he called me for the... the Folksy kind of ones rather than the I mean he's he can write in so many different styles. Um he his pen goes wide and and I envy him sometimes because because he's not a, a singer as such and he doesn't have to fit in any kind of box or genre so he can write with anybody in mind from you know Madonna to Josh Groban to me, you know. So he told me this little statement by the gentleman that wrote the river dance that he was chastising him a little bit with good humor that when he writes because he doesn't sing i'm talking about brendan that he he writes stuff that is very difficult for singers because it's all over the place do you find that as well yes uh, doozies they call them you know <laughs> where they they go way up and they go way down yeah, I mean, you raise me up, you know, changes octave so many times. I mean, it has, and that's not that's not the most challenging. Um, yeah, but he always finds the the right singer for the song, and and if he doesn't find it the first time, he'll keep persevering until he does, and he doesn't settle for the first version of the song that comes out either. Sometimes he he will always. I mean, one thing I learned from him is, um, you know. The perseverance and you know the the hard work that goes in and you know it, you know you think it's done but it's that extra you know a couple of miles that he goes to get to be absolutely positive that everything is right and I, I guess that's why it took the album so long to to be made because you know we would put instruments on there and you know get all these musicians to play and then in the end take them all off because he always would insist that the song should speak for itself. And it, you know, he would say, is that sound doing anything for this word or this lyric or this song? And if it wasn't, it got, it got binned and, you know. Well, he must be enthralled by you because you seem to be his go-to person for all of these demos. And now for a real album. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm very um, honoured that he should ask and uh, he's a great friend and a really gifted writer and, you know, a, a national treasure at this stage. You bet. Okay, let's go back. You joined Dervish in 1991. Tell us about that. How did it come about? Well, I suppose I ran away with the circus. I, I was working as a pastry chef in Longford. I wasn't happy in my life. I needed a change. 
my sister was living in Sligo and she knew all these musicians and Sligo was a great town for music and the, the Dervish had already started as an instrumental band but figured they needed to make a, a, another leap forward and, and get a, a singer and add that to the arsenal of songs. So they asked me and um, I think a week later I was on the side of the road with my goods and my gear uh, hitchhiking to to Sligo for what I thought might have been a, a long weekend but um, but I'm, I'm here 30 years later. That is one heck of a long weekend, you bet. Yes, and <laughs> just last year, Robert, things come full circle. The guy that gave me the lift on that fateful day to my new life in Sligo was at a gig I did in Seattle, in the Triple uh, Door in Seattle. And he wished me luck on the, the day, you know, and he knew I was going off to you know, join a band and start my life. So he kind of followed me in the background and then came to the gig in Seattle and I have a picture of myself and himself. And yeah, it was, it was, um, it was great to meet him. And, uh, and he was delighted that things went so well for me and that he had a little part in, to play in, in the start of it. Isn't that nice? I like stories like that. So how has the music of Dervish and, and your participation changed over the years? Because you've been doing this with them, as you said, quite a long time. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if it changes that much. I mean, our approach is fairly uh, straight down the line and pretty much traditional. We might have branched here and there in the middle, but we do what we do best. And that's, you know, tunes, sets of tunes and traditional songs. See, I would have figured by this time you would run out of traditional tunes. I mean, you've been doing it for 37 years. There's no end to them. There's no end to them. And there's there's still people writing great tunes. But the well and the the archives and, um, you know, it's just the deepest um, well imaginable. And, you know, you can you can join the Irish music fraternity um, and get to know a few songs and a few tunes. And that might do. That might do, yeah, but there's also a lifetime of excavation and um, uncovering and discovery to be made if 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 um, if you're so inclined. So that's that's what we all do now. Everyone is going around certain archives, digging for songs and um, tunes. So it's a never-ending process and a really enjoyable one. One of the things I like personally when I was in Ireland, which is a while ago at this point, all the pubs had bands. All the bands did kind of jam-type sessions. And it was just a wonderful camaraderie and experience. Is that still the way it is in Ireland? Absolutely. And in Sligo, we, that happens in spades. I mean, there are traditional sessions and there are old-time sessions and there is jazz and there is... Um, rock and roll and heavy metal and all of that. But everybody knows each other. So I love those nights where anything can happen and it can go in any direction. And we have a wonderful man by the name of Shami O'Dowd. He used to play in Dervish um, many moons ago for about 10 years. And he's gifted in his musical dexterity and that he can one minute play rock and roll and heavy metal and and the next minute jazz and the next minute traditional, like, you know, he learned from his dad and grandfather. So 
Yeah, so it, it, we have that um, very much alive in, in Sligo and it's a mecca of fantastic music and musicians and any night of the week you come here and, you know, there's lists of things you can go to and one is better than the next. So very lucky in that regard. So sweet. I, a, a while ago, I had a, a lady on this podcast. Her name was Lisa Ray. And she played the ukulele, and she was part of, uh, I think it was called the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, something like that. And they did covers of songs like ACDC and other things that were just wild examples that we played on the ukulele. I personally like when you kind of go off in a, in a direction that people wouldn't expect, and you're able to kind of incorporate these different kinds of music into your repertoire. Yeah. I mean, it's such fun. And there's there's a thing that happens in Sligo as well. These theme nights uh, led by a guy called Kieran Quinn. He's a piano player. And many years ago, I gave him the idea because he had he worked in a piano bar and um, uh, he had guests every Thursday night. But every guest that sang with him sang a Tom Waits song because you're with the piano. And so I said, oh, you should get us all together and we'll all do Tom Waits songs and that started all these theme nights I think it's up at four or nearly 40 at this point and it could be anything from musicals to vaudeville to you know about Burt Bacharach um, rock and roll love all these different themes so uh, for me it, it gave me a chance to sing with an orchestra sing with choirs sing with brass bands, you know, so I could pick, you know, anything and I have a ready-made band and away we go. So that's that's a really fun thing to do around these parts that that shakes your comfort zone up a little. Everybody needs that comfort zone shaken a little bit at times. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller, your host. It's finally spring here in the United States. So I'm playing my song, Spring Dance, underneath this message. Spring is a time for renewal and growth. And I've just begun the third year of this podcast. It's been quite a ride so far. Over 170 episodes, more than 800,000 downloads, ranked in the top 1% of all podcasts with listeners in 200 countries. My guests have included famous musicians, actors, directors, broadcasters, corporate CEOs, and others. My goal with each is to have fun and entertain you, the audience. And of course, to inspire you to follow and succeed at your dream. As a professional musician with a dozen highly acclaimed albums and millions of video views and streams, I infuse my music into each episode, and the podcast has allowed me to introduce my music to a worldwide audience. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you get each episode when it airs. And also, please sign up for our weekly emails which keep you up to date on everything. 
The links are in the show notes to each episode. And also, please check out our website at followyourdreampodcast.com. I want to thank you all for listening and keep on rocking. All right, so let's go to the second part of this interview. This is the Songfest, and we're playing now underneath us the first song that you gave me, Donald Og, if I pronounced that correctly. Og. All right, I came close. Give me yeah, a, you a, did. some Fair credit, will you? I will. Okay. It was nearly perfect. <laughs> All right, so tell us about that one. Well, this is a really ancient, it's probably the oldest song that I sing, just back to the 6th century or thereabouts, and uh, it was originally written in the Irish language. And it's really sad to me because after all these years, we still have the same problems of um, social issues, like, for instance, the the, the woman in the, the story, she fell for the wrong guy, and he got her pregnant and then disappeared and um at a time in Ireland when that would be seriously frowned upon and she was would be outcast and um she says in it that not only uh, he took what's before her what's behind her what's east and west of her but worse than all of that he took god himself which mm. left her with absolutely nothing and it's a, a beautiful melody and a beautiful Beautiful lyrics translated from the Irish language by a Corkman by the name of Frank O'Connor. Okay. Is there a, an upbeat ending to this or is it just no. that kind of story? No. Uh, the, the trouble with Irish songs is it, it's difficult to find happy endings. I, I was challenged uh, a few years ago to you know, sing a lovely Irish song at a, at a wedding and I had to do... I had to do a lot of thinking uh, what would be appropriate and what constitute as something that would, you know, give a happy ever after ending. And there's 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 few. There's usually someone dead or uh, um, or pining by the third verse, I'm afraid. But um, at the same time, they they, they really jerk or uh, pull on our heartstrings, you know. All right. Well, I hope you didn't choose Donald Ogue for that song at the wedding. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would not have made it. All right, let's go to the second one. This is called The Rambling Irishman.
This sounds like a happy tune, isn't it? It is a happy tune. It's a song that was collected in the north of Ireland uh, in fragments at first by a great song collector by the name of Len, Len Graham. He put it all together, pieced it together, and uh, it's, you know, it deals with immigration, It you know, but at the same time, uh, there's hope and light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, even though he has to leave his true love behind, uh, he's going for, he's excited about his new life in America. Okay, well, that sounds like a better song. Yeah. Do you still sing this song? Or, you know, when did Absolutely. this uh, become part of your repertoire? Well, both of those songs feature on the Great Irish Songbook that Dervish brought out um, just before the pandemic, which was unfortunate because we were ramping up to do a world tour. And then we had to put them all in the, the garage and under the bed for a couple of years. Um, so the Great Irish Songbook is exactly what it says on the tin. It, it's an album of of great Irish songs. And we had some wonderful guests like um, uh, Vince Gill and Steve Earle and Brendan Leeson and Amelda May and David Gray, Rhiannon Giddens, Andrea Corr, lots of people like that. And it's, it's amazing how many people uh, love to sing Irish songs when when they're asked, you know, and they have an Irish song in them from from some aunt or uncle or or some old records that they were listening to. And those songs are our legacy and they're part of our fabric and, and they're like a social study of, of us all. So um, we're very lucky to, to have them and we're very lucky that they touch so many people. The Irish Songbook is out as an album? It is out, yes. The Great Irish Songbook. You can get it on Amazon. It's released on Rounder Records, and I believe it's on Spotify as well. Everything's on Spotify. If I remember correctly, you guys were either working or planning to work on a second Great Irish Songbook. Did that happen? That's correct. Um, it, well, the, the, the first, you know, real in-depth meetings have, have happened. We're talking producers and song lists and guest lists and so forth so the cogs are turning but uh nothing is nothing is absolute at this point it could go in any direction but um but we're we're working hard to to get it moving all right i hope it does all right let's go to the third song this is cora wrens have i got this one close yes the cora wrens I'm afraid there's no happy ending here either, Robert. Uh -oh. But uh, I'll just tell you the background. First of all, I'm working on a project um, of Irish songs called the Cranky Island Song Project. And uh, I don't know if you're f familiar with cr the Cranky Box, which is an old storytelling device, a vintage storytelling device that came from Europe and kind of went over to America and kind of got forgotten, except for in certain circles in America. and. I saw them been used to illustrate a, a song once in America and 
I thought I'd love to do that with some Irish songs. Is that where the, you turn a handle and it plays you the turn, song? Yeah, and the scroll, okay. it'll scroll from left to right. Um, so I embarked on this huge project to do the 32 counties of Ireland and get a, an illustrator from each county uh, to illustrate the song and I would record the song. So I have three more, three more songs to go. And this song represents County Kildare. It's a song I, I wrote myself. Most of the songs on there are, are traditional songs, but I felt that this story needed to be told because the, these women that the song deals with were um, marginalised and uh, humiliated. It was after the famine time in Ireland and it was either death by starvation or the workhouse. So they, they took to the roads and made their way to the near soldiers' camp in the Curra in Kildare, which is now a very opulent, rich part of the country where uh, lots of horse racing takes place. But these women, and they got their names from the nests they dug from the ditches with their bare hands, only only uh, sizable for their bodies and maybe that of their, their newborn babies. So they were known as the wrens because wrens make tiny nests. Um, and it's a very shocking part of our history and there's no songs about it. So I decided to write one and, you know, put them, put them, you know, give them a place in our, in our history. Um, you know, so it's not all happy and, and, and joyous or, or you can't, you can't brush everything. We have to show the happy and the not so happy and, um, all the sides of our, our, our nation's history. Well, you've definitely talked about the not-so-happy sides. I want to see you do an upbeat Irish album, okay? you got to put You Raise Me Up on something, because that is an inspirational song, or something like that. I want to see that big smile come back on your face there. Well, that's uh, just because you sing sad songs doesn't mean you can't smile every now and again. There you go. All right, but you got to have some happy songs and just mix one or two in. Will you please? Come on. No, I will. I will. Right. Don't worry. That's, that's good. We have been speaking here with Kathy Jordan, the extraordinary Kathy Jordan, who has been the only female person in this great band called Dervish since 1991. 37 years, you're the only lady in the band. Good for you. No, no, it's, it's only 30 years. Oh, excuse me. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. Please forgive me for that. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been so much fun. You're welcome. You're welcome, Robert. And uh, we'll see you in Ireland sometime. I would love that. It's waiting for your return. I'll sing you a happy song when you get here. Now we're talking. Okay. That's yeah. my encouragement to get there. And now we're going to listen to that song that started off the episode. It's my song called No, No, No from the album Trippin'. I want to thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com.
in your eyes. 